Hey there, welcome to LSAT Demon Daily. I'm Ben Olson, that's Nathan Fox. We're the founders of LSATdemon.com and our weekly podcast, Thinking LSAT. We have an Ask Button question here. Ask Button question is brief. It says, what is the difference between an offensive and a defensive strengthener? And can, can you give me an example of each? So this isn't a concept that is ever talked about on the LSAT itself. They never yeah. taught, there's not like strengthen it or strengthen it offensively versus strengthen it defensively. Although they could, <laughs> they certainly could say which one of the following would best defend. Well, they have questions actually that do ask this, huh? That say, which one of the following would be the best retort so-and-so could make, you know, speaker two, what could speaker one say back to speaker two? Mm-hmm. And sometimes those are like, it's kind of like they're asking you for a defensive strengthener. It's tough though, because when you're defending against something, then defending against a potential problem, right? You're strengthening it. If you're being offensive and asserting something that strengthens your conclusion, I guess more directly, you're still strengthening it. I, it's a distinction that I think could have some gray area. And I don't know if it's important. I think it's important for people to understand. I mean, the reason why I have said it in so many classes. Sure. It's, it's not at all the first thing that you should be thinking about. Okay. Okay. But I think sufficient assumptions are examples of what I would call an offensive strengthener, where it's sure. like, look, you've got this evidence and you've got this conclusion. And unfortunately for you, this evidence just does not prove this conclusion. The question asks you which one of these, if true, would allow the conclusion to be properly drawn, which means which one of these, if it's true, is going to prove that conclusion. So that is a clear offensive strengthener where it's like, well, you've got this element and you've got that element, but then to get over here to this conclusion, you got to build a bridge between these elements and the conclusion that you want. And a sufficient assumption just adds in that missing evidence where it's like, hey, yeah, okay, if this is true then now the argument clicks. It's like the, the engine turns on and it spits out the result that needs to be spit out. Sure. A defensive strengthener, I think, in a lot of cases at least, is a lot more like a necessary assumption question where it's like, even if this is true, it doesn't make your conclusion true. But if it were false, you'd be in big trouble. And so adding this necessary assumption to your argument, it makes your argument better by defending it against a potential attack. And we can, we can let go of the sufficient assumption versus necessary assumption part of it, because this pops up on strengthened questions all the time too, where there will be a correct answer where you look at it and you go, but that doesn't help me get from this evidence to this conclusion, but it does help the argument because there was some big objection you could have made where it's like, wait a second, that doesn't necessarily make sense because what about this possibility? And what I would call a defensive strengthener is a correct answer that protects the argument against one or more attacks. So it's not like affirmatively building your case. It's not like, it doesn't score a touchdown, but it keeps the other side from scoring a touchdown, which is where my offensive and defensive thing came from, I think. 
Okay. It's just not something I ever really, uh, it's not like I think to myself, oh, this, well, here, this is offensive, right? And here's, this one's defensive. Well, I let go maybe of the offensive thing. Yeah. It's just that I, I have found it helpful in explaining why right answers are right sometimes when students really can't see it. Mm, they're like, hey, they're how like, is this helping? And you're saying, exactly. well, it's defending against a potential objection, yep. which you can think of as offensive too. You could say one way sure. to win this argument is to knock out your problems, right? And yeah. we're, we're making a path towards the victory. Uh, but okay, so they're, they're not seeing why something that gets rid of a potential problem helps. Yeah. If, so that's what I would say to, to this ask correspondent is simply on the defensive side there are there are strength there are correct answers to strengthen questions where you might be scratching your head going but i just don't see how that doesn't seem to help you like this is your evidence and this is your conclusion and i don't see how this thing supposedly helps you mm -hmm. prove your conclusion and you don't see it until i take you through the argument again and i say but couldn't we make this objection to that argument? And you go, yeah. And I go, isn't that a big problem? <laughs> like, isn't that alternative interpretation of this evidence? Isn't that a problem potentially for this argument? And they go, yeah. And then I look again at that strength at the correct answer, the one that they didn't understand at all. And I go, do you see how this defends against that big problem in the argument? It, it takes that alternative interpretation out of play. Yeah. Oh, here, I'll give you an example. So really quick to clarify, sorry, you yep. don't really talk about offensive strengtheners. No, not really. I mean, only in contrast, only in like, yes, there are strengtheners that are clearly related to taking the evidence and building a bridge to the conclusion. Yeah. All right. Those are the ones that, that are real easy to see how that strengthens the argument. Sure, sure. Right additional data in your favor or something that bridges a gap that needed to be bridged. You know, those are just like obvious strengtheners. The defensive strengtheners are ones, uh, what I would call a defensive strengthener is one that tends to be a little bit more hidden where you're not going to really understand how it helps the argument until you think about how the argument might fail. And, and here's, here's my example. Cause that is what um, the correspondent asked for. Suppose I said, Cigarettes and, and uh, smoking cigarettes and getting um, cancer are highly correlated. Therefore, having cancer must uh, cause people to smoke. Hmm. Certainly possible. It is certainly possible. You get stressed out, you smoke. Oh, yeah. I got, fuck, I got cancer. I'm going to die. That sucks. Yeah. Go get myself a pack of. Camel non-filters. Yeah. <laughs> I, hey, right. And so I, everybody out there is screaming like, wait a second. If cancer and cigarettes are correlated, it's probably because smoking causes cancer, not yeah. because cancer causes smoking. Yeah. <laughs> That's common sense. And literally like a fourth grader would be able to point that out to you, I think. Yeah. But on a strengthen question... On it, there could be, if you're going to strengthen that argument, a good, correct answer would just be a denial of that alternate interpretation, right? Everybody in the world, including smart ass fourth graders go, wait, but couldn't 
smoking cause cancer? Yeah. Well, a correct answer for that strengthening question might say smoking doesn't cause cancer. Yep. Yep. And it's like, wait, how does that? I thought I was trying to prove that cancer causes smoking. You saying smoking doesn't cause cancer. That doesn't help me prove that cancer causes smoking. Yep. And you're right. It doesn't help you prove that cancer causes smoking, except by ruling out an alternative interpretation of the facts that you presented. Yeah. And that alternative explanation is such a problem that this answer is helping the argument by defending it against that attack. Yep. Okay. Here's another example, the kind of an analogy. Wait, can I, can I finish? Can oh, I, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick on the same example. Okay. And I'm going to talk about an offensive strengthener. An offensive strengthener might be something like, again, same argument, okay? Cancer and smoking are correlated, therefore cancer causes smoking. A way to strengthen that would be something like, if cancer is correlated with anything else, then cancer is a cause of that other thing. Sure. Because you've got evidence that cancer is correlated with smoking. Yeah. And if there's a premise that says, if cancer is ever correlated with anything, then it is a cause of that thing. Well, then in this case, I've just proven that cancer causes smoking. Yeah. Or what about and that's an offensive strengthener? What about um, anyone who smokes smokes after they get their cancer diagnosed? Sure. Yeah. Everyone who has both cancer and smokes got cancer before they started smoking. Yep. That to me seems like a defensive strengthener. Because you're, you're kind of protecting against the attack, potentially. No? Maybe yeah. it's both. <laughs> yeah. What's Let's important not get here, into I the think, weeds. Yeah, the important thing here is understanding how some things defend against attack. I, I don't even know yeah. if you need to worry too much about offensive. Yeah. Right. No, you don't need to worry about offensive strengtheners. You just need to keep in mind that strengthen as a category. Would you agree that strengthen is one of the most difficult categories? It's the broad, it's very broad, right? Yeah. Because it's so broad. And that's yeah. when I got into this whole offensive versus defensive thing. It's really just, I'm trying to show you that there are a class of strengtheners that do not affirmatively help to build the case at all. Yeah. Rather, they're just defending the case against problems that might've been predictable if you would have attacked the argument enough, well enough to begin with. Yeah. Right, and then it clicks for you. You go, oh yeah. That's good for them. It doesn't prove their conclusion by any means, but that is good for them because it defends their argument against some attack. Yep. I think that's all there is to it, really. Okay. Here's one more example. I think this might Great. make it a little easier. Well, not easier, just another way of looking at it. Let's Great. say that you say um, the 7-Eleven was recently robbed. There were okay. three people in the store at the time, okay. three uh, customers. Okay. And the, uh, the, anyways, the person at the front desk. So there were four people and we think based on the footage that it was the first customer, uh, Sarah, right? Whatever. That's the conclusion. Therefore, Sarah probably stole the, uh, whatever. They Wait, stole. we think based on the footage that it was Sarah. Yeah. That's a premise. Uh, <clears throat> no, that's the conclusion actually that Sarah oh. did it, that Sarah stole. Sarah did it. Yes. Yeah, so Say the is, argument again, like top to top. Yeah. To so we got three customers and we have the uh, clerk, right? So there are four people in the store. Something okay. was stolen. Let's three just customers beef, and a clerk. Got beef it. Beef jerky. <laughs> beef jerky was stolen. That shit's <laughs> expensive. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. And 
uh, the footage from the video is a little grainy, but it looks like it was Sarah that was the one who took the beef jerky. But they're not okay. totally sure. But there's some evidence that it kind of points towards Sarah. So the conclusion is, therefore, Sarah is the one who probably stole the beef jerky. Ooh, Fair enough. Okay. So because you think it's Sarah based on your grainy, your grainy video, footage. Yeah. Therefore, it was in fact Sarah. Probably. Yeah, probably. Yikes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's the conclusion, right? So then you say, which one following if true strengthens that conclusion? One way to do this is to have a premise that says, well, it wasn't the third customer, Joey. Or we have definitive evidence that Joey left before the... Before the crime committed. Yeah. And so that's a defender because it it doesn't affirm anything about Sarah. Mm Mm-hmm. But by removing an alternative yep. possibility, it's defending totally something anything that, that rules out someone else as the culprit. Yeah, you could definitely think about that as a defensive strengthener, right? So it wasn't Joey, it wasn't the anonymous other dude. Yeah, it wasn't the clerk. Yeah, it wasn't anybody else who wasn't in the store. Yeah, it wasn't just misplaced under the register. They still have the beef jerky. <laughs> you know, like any of those things. It's like, well, that doesn't. That doesn't prove that Sarah stole it. Yeah. But it it does defend, like, if beef jerky is actually just sitting there underneath the counter, then that 100% exonerates Sarah. Yeah. So if you're trying to convict Sarah, then closing off some potential exoneration does, in a defensive way, strengthen yeah. your argument. We've confirmed that it's it was in the store and it's no longer there. <laughs> yeah anyway that doesn't mean it's sarah that did it <laughs> yeah but if you're trying to convict sarah that is a critical part of your argument <laughs> that there was in fact a crime yeah yeah okay cool uh hopefully that was helpful to somebody email daily at lsatdemon.com if you'd like to ask us a question or share some lsat or law school admissions news thanks for listening <laughs>